This is When Everything is Missions, the podcast hosted by Matthew Ellison and Danny Spitters. I think nowadays we've tended to lose our way when it comes to good hermeneutics and uh, the study of the scriptures. And then secondly, of course, anything related to the Great Commission and anything that potentially could diminish that emphasis of the Great Commission is a real great concern of mine because I know how strongly the scriptures emphasize that. Today we're talking with Steve Barron. Steve serves as the Global Ministries Pastor at Calvary Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, providing leadership for over four decades in mobilizing the church for missions. He's got more important things to say than I do, so let's get right to it. Well, welcome everyone once again to the When Everything is Missions podcast. I am Matthew Ellison. I am joined by my dear friend, Denny Spitters. He's not only the co-host of this show, but we are co-authors of a book entitled When Everything is Missions. And we've got some great news. We have a second book coming out, a companion book called Conversations on When Everything is Missions. Denny, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, the uh, whole goal of putting this book together was um, there have been probably at least 20, but we picked probably about 14 or 15 people and asked them to write chapters and uh, for this book. And uh, it's all about rediscovering the uh, mission of the church in missions. And uh, our goal here was to get those who had uh, influenced us to be a part of a yeah. book that is really rich and compelling. Yeah. And Denny, I want to hit on something you said, the subtitle, Rediscovering the Mission of the Church. There's a lot of talk today about reimagining or rethinking. We don't need right. to reimagine missions or rethink it. We need to rediscover it. So yeah. I want to hit that. That's just so important. Hey, Denny, tell us who's with us today. Yeah, Steve Byrne is with us today. And uh, Steve is writing a chapter called What is Happening to Missionary Sending? One of my favorite topics for sure and well, well needed. Steve, welcome. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Denny. Well, uh, I am the Global Ministries Pastor at Calvary Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I've been functioning in that role the last 15 years. Uh, We're a larger sending church model, and I'm happy to be here with you guys today and happy to have uh, potentially uh, contributed to a chapter in the book. So we're just looking forward to the interaction and uh, trust that some of this is going to be helpful for the listening audience. Hey, before Denny asks you the first question, I got to ask something really not that important, probably pretty trivial, but knowing that you're from Lancaster, and it's not Lancaster, it's Lancaster, right? Did I get that right? Lancaster, that's correct. So do you like the wet wet bottom shoe fly pie or the dry bottom shoe fly pie? I I go with the wet bottom myself. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad (laughs) we cleared that up. That's really important, really important. (laughs) Denny, start us off. Well, you know, I'm so glad to have you, Steve. Another reason is is uh, because you're a churchman at heart, and that's where Matthew and I come from. In the equation of missions, we uh, we believe the local church is the one that uh, should really own the mission and um, should really engage in the process of sending and mobilizing. So. Um, it's really good to know that, you know, you're somebody with like 40 years of experience and that end that we can talk about today. And you start off your chapter by both praising the creativity in the North American church over the last decade and then 
Actually, the other side of the coin, the, the good news and almost the bad news is lamenting its side effects. And I want to give this quote to our listeners so they can ponder it a minute and uh, let you comment. Quote, at the same time, this creative thinking brings broader interpretations that can diminish the urgency to send missionaries. Why is this uh, statement important to you, Steve? Do you do we even need to send missionaries since all believers are missionaries anyway? Well, uh, Denny, I think uh, two things kind of keep running around my head and heart. Uh, the first is, I think nowadays we've tended to lose our way when it comes to good hermeneutics and uh, the study of the scriptures. Um, and then secondly, of course, uh, anything related to the Great Commission and anything that potentially could diminish that emphasis of the Great Commission is a real great concern of mine because I know how strongly the scriptures emphasize that. Yeah, uh, define for our audience a little bit. Sometimes, you know, we use terms and we have to kind of go back over the simplicity of what they really mean, um, like missiology, et cetera. And you use the word hermeneutics. Can you define that a little bit so that, you know, me as a nine to five, uh, you know, disciple uh, can understand what you mean by that word? Yeah, of course, the... uh the word hermeneutics is really a reference to the, the science and approach of Bible interpretation. So nowadays, if, if someone has no hermeneutics, no principles behind their interpretation, they can make the Bible say whatever they want. Consequently, uh, there are people that are redefining the Great Commission. And uh, to get back to some of our historical hermeneutical roots, there it, it's always really a, a tremendous help. Yep. So what, what have you seen um, that has uh, kind of caused the church in terms of their view, either of the scriptures or confidence in the scriptures? What are some of the things that have taken the church or are tending to take the church off the path in North America? Well, specific to you know, missions today, I just think there's such a desire to re-engage the unchurched. There's such a desire to uh, develop your creative approach to ministry that um, we've really lost the basic idea of biblical study principles. And, and now we're just trying to recreate this and it could cause quite a bit of consternation if it's not seen in the greater way to scripture. So that's, that's really my one concern. I, I do have appreciation for the, uh, the creativity of the church and within I've seen it within our own church, but um, at the same time, um, it, it really does diminish the broader interpretation of the great commission can really bring side effects that are detrimental to sending. Yeah, Steve, you write that the need of the hour is for all of us to fully align our definitions and concepts with the Bible. I, I think that's pretty important here. I'm going to quote you. You say, left unexplained, the phrase, you are either a missionary or a mission field can cause people to drift away from the greater weight of Scripture. So yeah. how would you bring clarity and understanding to those phrases? 
Well, um, you know, first of all, um, I would just say that the the interpretations that are being offered regarding texts of scripture that would be considered implications of the Great Commission, they just bring um, a lot of speculation about textual meaning. So, um, and it really does diffuse the urgency of the Great Commission. So that those are some of my concerns. And just to give you, um, you know, an example there, Matthew, I mean, you two gentlemen in your book, where when everything is missions, uh, let me give you a quote that you guys, I think uh, Matthew was yours. Uh, in one of the chapters, it says, does God expect us to pool our good ideas and, and uh, pursue the things that we care about? Or did Jesus intend to convey objective meaning and purpose, you know, when he gave us his final marching orders? So I, I just really think that that's really a key and sheds light on the fact that we have sometimes lost our way in this Bible interpretation. And then also in your, in the book, it also says that it raises the question, has Jesus left the interpretation of the great commission open to individual churches? Well, obviously we would say the objectivity is really what we need. uh, And it should be at the expense of the creativity versus the opposite. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, Here's another quote from your chapter in the new book. When people, quote, when people are told that we are all missionaries, it creates a passive posture in any personal ministry context. Wow. Unquote. That's quite a statement. So then you write about distinctions that need to be made and that they should be coming from Scripture if we're going to honor the Great Commission, like you've just said. Um with over 40 years of service in the church, what are some of your thoughts and observations about this thinking? You seem to imply that it inhibits local ministry as well. And I find that kind of very interesting view. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think some of the original statements that people have made that have really received a lot of traction in the church, these statements initially were attempts to emphasize the injection of spiritual meaning or purpose into a believer's life. So the intention was not bad, but the long-term fallout of these kinds of things cause um, some difficulties and certainly don't represent the greater weight of Scripture. So, you know, I would say as well, um, the concept of, you know, you're either a missionary or a mission field, that concept presumes boundaries that really aren't introduced in Scripture's. So, you know, for instance, we all, we're all called to a life of evangelism and discipling, and we're all called to live a life of selfless and obedient service to the Lord. But it's also true that there are select individuals who are called to a life that is selfless, obedient, and unique. So you mm. have a text like Romans 1, where the Apostle Paul has been set apart, or Acts 13, when you have Barnabas and Saul, and you see that there are exceptions to what is the more uh, regular approach and expression, uh, you know, in the New Testament and in these passages of Scripture. So so those are just some things that I think uh, create a tension uh, between uh, various interpretations of the Scripture. 
Yeah, something you hit on here, Steve, and it's come up in several podcasts so far, is that this idea that everyone's a missionary is well-intentioned, but yeah. it has these unintended consequences. It does. And it's very troubling because we know that ultimately what happens, to quote Stephen Neal, when everything is mission, nothing is mission. Yeah. And the priority of taking the gospel to the unreached and the least reached gets obscured, if not totally forgotten here. And on that note here, because we have this mandate to get the gospel to every nation, tribe, and tongue, the Great Commission is not just about making disciples. It's about making disciples in the context of all nations. You have a question in the chapter, and it's powerful. In fact, if you're listening, um, pull over to the side of the road. If you're in your car driving, this is a big one. Okay. Every local church in the world model itself after the ministry model of my church, would the Great Commission ever be completed? So again, if if the way your church does the Great Commission, if every church followed that example, would the Great Commission be completed? Is that a fair question of the local church, Steve? Well, I think it's a healthy church, a healthy question for every church to ask. Um, you know, and you ask the question, why why should this even matter? And I think, well, you know, first of all, we're commanded to make disciples of all the nations. So there, there are many implications here for the local church. We're commanded, first of all, we're to make disciples of all the nations. So it's a global activity. And so we need to understand that the head of the church has an, has an intended accomplishment in mind whenever he talks about these things. So completing the Great Commission is a pretty significant thing. It's not just a random, but an intentional effort to ultimately complete. So that's um, that's what I think, you know, the church has lost at times, especially with some of these more creative explanations or definitions that are floating out there. Um, you know, the commission is a command, and it should really matter to all believers. So there's there's uh, just some some thought in that, and the result of that is, of course, helping a church evaluate effectiveness and helping them evaluate progress on God's given missionary assignment. So um, I love the idea of just evaluating on a regular basis, and that's just a tool to do it. Well, Steve, I've used it many times. I hope you don't mind. I've lifted, lifted it, and um, I need to remember, give you attribution every time I use it, but it's oh. profound. And I really want to speak to pastors who happen to be listening to this, this is the type of question that can wound you, but it can also heal you. And mm. so take some time. If every, you know, if the way our church does missions was modeled by every other church, would the gospel ever get to the ends of the earth? It's a great question. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I I think I, I got a dog pile to cheat on this one. I, I think that that question is absolutely uh, one of the most supreme questions uh, in the book and uh, of this chapter. Um, really, that's an introspective question that's got a lot of validity to it and causes us to lay ourselves before the Lord. And and even as individual believers, this is you know we we often talk about the church as if it's monolithic. And the reality is uh, the, the local church is me because I'm a part of one as well. And um, I need to be asking myself this question as well as a disciple and a follower of Jesus. 
Right. You know, would the Great Commission ever happen if yeah. uh, if disciples had as much passion about the Great Commission as I do? Would it ever get completed, or am I disconnected? Yeah. What What do you see, Steve, um, in terms of kind of viewing how individual believers and disciples view themselves in missions in the local church? What are you seeing? on a broader level outside of your church where, and I know this is kind of dangerous ground. I'm not asking you to judge other churches. I'm just saying there seems to be a tone about missions and especially mission sending that is waning. Well, it's absolutely true. Uh, as you talk to a variety of people in the church at large, there seems to be uh you know, the pendulum has swung from any kind of global ministry focus to either more of a local focus or more of an individual focus that people have on themselves and and uh, just where their local church is at. So uh, it is a real concern. We've just begun to, you know, for, forget the, the responsibility that we have to uh, get the gospel to the ends of the earth, you know, to be strategic in all that we do. Yeah, that's a very important question, uh, statement right there. And and you challenge us by writing as well. And, and again, another quote, quote, the need is to address the ministry context where there is no gospel access. And then you talk about the use of the word strategic in missions Please develop this and expand this for us as you have in the chapter. How, how is missions to be done strategically according to a biblical model? Yeah. Well, if you want to contribute to the completion of the Great Commission, you need to be strategic. It just makes common sense. There are lots of examples about this even in, in the New Testament. And by strategic, what I mean is two things. Addressing critical needs and building critical influence, all for the purpose of contributing to gospel access. So that's what would be strategic. So, and then part of being strategic would be to send out laborers into his harvest field. So the Matthew 9 text talks about that. So um, that's a very specific way and application that needs to be integrated into the life of any church. But um yeah, to be very calculating and uh, progressive and and intentional in the way we do our ministries and to not just do it recklessly or, or out of routine. Steve, you talk about sending and, you know, the church in Antioch was intentional. They, they didn't wait around. They recognized this unique opportunity and you highlight that in your chapter. I, I'd like to th- get the listeners thinking about how they can proactively develop and prepare and send their own. Because a lot of the churches I've interacted with Steve, they're just waiting around for someone to raise their hand. The leadership of the church is not actively casting a vision and facilitating vision. They're just waiting for people to say, I want to go. So how can we grow disciples and reorient them towards this mindset of going and sending? Well, I think, you know, there are just a variety of things that can help develop a a global perspective or a global disciple. Um, Obviously, getting people overseas is just a critically important part and a starting point so that people can develop more of a 
an understanding of the critical needs overseas. And um, I think we just need to brainstorm in our individual church circles about what it would look like to be strategic. So, I mean, the Acts 13 text talks a lot about, number one, church leadership, and then secondly, church ownership. So the church is, I mean, if yeah, if the Lord calls an individual, he also calls the church. So there just needs to be a lot of thought and activity so that that we can intentionally start pointing people in a direction, develop our momentum in that direction, and trust that God will raise up people to respond to the need at hand. Well, uh, you you have written in here as well to to follow up what you just said. The church at Antioch didn't wait for Barnabas and Saul to come to them. They recognized the unique opportunity to send. Um, yeah. How how can churches uh, how can churches use discipleship to um, reorient? people's thinking into a sending and going mindset? Well, I think just some good uh, teaching and emphasis within the church. If you were to look at uh, the whole concept of sending, you could see it throughout all of scripture. So you could begin to see it uh, in the the mindset of the Godhead. You look at Isaiah 6, You look at other New Testament passages all along the way that just speak to this. So it's it's a very underutilized and undertaught part of, you know, a disciple's life. And I think we need to just return to that and make sure there's clear understanding about what the scripture is asking us to do and asking what asking us to become as we become partners with him in the ministry. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that brings us full circle here. You know, we, we began talking about the need for a, a biblical hermeneutic, you know, that allow the scriptures to speak for themselves. Uh, a, fr- yeah. a mutual friend of ours, Jeff Lewis, he says scripture is the best mobilizer, but only yeah. when it's taught properly. <laughs> you know, yeah. if we make the Bible say what we want it to say, we lose the hermeneutic, we lose the meta narrative, and we get off course. So even as I think about our conversation today and what you keep coming back to, Steve, is allowing the God of all nations to shape our understanding of missions, not allowing it to be shaped by preferences or cultural trends or creativity, but allowing God himself to define our mission for us. Amen. Yeah, that's for sure. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, Steve, it has been a pleasure to have you with us today. Hey, uh, Denny, I know one of your favorite books is written by Steve, so let's give a plug for the book. Absolutely. We use it um, by the hundreds uh, as an agency. It's called Well Sent, and it's uh, Steve Bierne with George Murray. Uh, It is probably the most clear and simple, um, understandable uh, book I've seen written yet about the sending process and about how to send people well, how to send them strategically, and how to identify those that the Holy Spirit is talking to. And and Steve, you referenced that phrase, 
or actually that teaching, the whole idea of pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into fields for the fields are white on the harvest. And um, we're thankful that you're committed to that, not only as a church, but appreciate how you have lived that truth and uh, encouraged others and taught others to live it as well. Well, yeah, thanks, Denny. I mean, the book is one practitioner's, you know, effort to connect with other practitioners and be a help. So, yeah, I trust so. Well, it certainly is a help. And to use Denny's phrase here, which I, I just heard from Denny a couple of years ago, but I love it. I'm going to dogpile the cheetah here. It is an excellent, <laughs> an excellent book, and I recommend it to churches on a regular basis. Oh, so we hope, we hope you'll pick it up. Hey, brothers, what a pleasure to be with you today. Thanks so much for giving us your time. When Everything is Missions with Matthew Ellison and Denny Spitters. Hit the subscribe button in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Find the book, the podcast archive, and tons of free info online at whenEverythingIsMissions.com. This podcast is presented by 1615 Missions Coaching.